welcome back to Extras. <laughs> I don't know. Try, try, try. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Three. And we are back to Extras. <laughs> I said yes before you said Extras. Sorry. Last time. Last time. Okay. All right. Three. And we are back to Extras. Yes. Woo. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm ready for this. Are you ready? I'm ready, Michael. So to begin, what are your added thoughts on erotic humiliation? Mm. There was a point in that episode that I wanted to, um, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay. I really emphasized that I liked to be laughed at. That That was something I was searching for in the session. And I was thinking where... Did that come from? What, mm-hmm. what, why is it that I wanted to be laughed at? And it occurred to me that when I first began secondary school, so what's that, 11, 11, 12? I had no friends in high school. Well, at the initial stages. Aww. Oh, thank you. That's all I wanted. End of the episode. <laughs> I wanted some sympathy. Should I be laughing at that? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I can see why I'm single. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I was incredibly popular in primary school. And then I came to a different school without any friends. And what I used to do to get attention was to go around to different groups of people and make an absolute fool of myself by saying like the chance, like fight, 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 just like randomly, or just like, just making an idiot of myself to get them to laugh at me because I saw that as a way of being accepted. Mm. A way to be able to be fitting into the group. Or... That's exactly right. And I carved yeah. a, an identity out of doing that. And I was always seen as odd and weird, but it was a socially surviving skill that I was trying to learn there, how to survive in, the so- in these social situations at an incredibly vulnerable time. And it was to humiliate myself in front of people over and over again to get that smile and that laugh. That was a way of being accepted. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm glad you've been able to add that in because that's a really key part, I think, of the conditioning that you've been through over and over again. Humiliating yourself is paired with acceptance or positive attention. That bird. <laughs> I'm going to keep that into the edit because that bird. I don't know if you if you heard it, Indy, but there was there were two other guests in the episode. Uh-huh. There was a bird, the bird, and the plane. okay so i i actually i'm glad you brought that up because i was also reflecting then on erotic humiliation and what it is that i enjoy so much which is something you asked me during the episode and i've now had time to really consider that and i i'm assuming that part of it at least is what arouses me so much is that my opinions my requests, my urges, anything to do with what I might feel or think is so fully accepted by the submissive. And there's something about that for me because 
again, because of my conditioning, often I would hold back on an opinion or things that I might suggest were, oh, why would we do that? And I would take that to heart, take that very personally. Yet, if when I was a kid and I used to be the boss and I used to sort of say, hey, let's all play this game. If everyone went, yeah, and all we all, I was on a high. I was like, yes, that means my suggestions are good. And so in the here and now more as a dominant, when I'm playing with a submissive and I'm saying, get on the floor, lick my heel. And he just, he does it. And he's willingly, enthusiastically licking away. It really validates my, my inner world. And that's what is, I think, a cornerstone, at least for me, of what makes it so enjoyable. So no matter how absurd, obscene, grotesque your thoughts and commands are, he accepts it and he validates, I still accept you no matter what, no matter what you find disgusting and repulsive. Is that correct? Yes, particularly because it's repulsive and ridiculous. So, for instance, if I look down and I see this submissive and he's got an actual small penis, instead of having to be filtered and social and polite, I can just say, look at your ridiculous tiny dick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. It's good. It's accepted. It's wholeheartedly agreed with by the submissive. So there's an enormous amount of validation in that and also just to add freedom because you don't have to be constrained by any expectations of what you should say. You just say what you feel like. And they're holding that space for you as well, which is just, we don't really talk about. They're holding that space for you. Correct. Yes. Mm. And another, another point I wanted to make is that since we've done this episode, I've been doing some more sessions and I, I think to myself, oh, I'm catching myself. Say, for example, I might be with a strap on, on, which is wobbling up and down as a woman. It's kind of, you know, it can be construed as humiliating to have a strap on dick on you, on your vagina. So that, mm. that makes me think, oh, wait a minute, this is actually quite humiliating for me particularly if you contrast it with the rest of my outfit, which is this sexy, gorgeous leather you know, kind of outfit with bright red lipstick and the contrasts maybe can seem ridiculous. Mm. And so that was another part of it I just thought I'd add in, which is there's, there's, there's parts of humiliation going on that for a dominant aren't even talked about. Because the assumption immediately is, oh, but you're a sexy goddess. Doesn't matter how you look. Doesn't matter how you appear. In fact, I love the fact that you have that strap on. on. Or it's about even the sub having to repress their own thoughts. They, to give you the freedom to do what you want and look how you want. The fact that you're, you actually do objectively look ridiculous if you to take a snapshot. You're the one, the dominant one. That's where the power is. You're the one who gets to be ridiculous or do whatever you want. And it's actually ironic. But yeah. yet that's used in the play where they are the ones who have to respect you and love you and can't floor you no matter what in that moment. It's all part of they it. They can't. Yeah, they can't dare point it out. It would ruin the whole thing immediately. 
So they can be <laughs> ridiculous. We can ask them to do humiliating things and focus on all of that. But at the, yeah, at the same time, I've got things going on that could be construed as ridiculous or humiliating. And they're just part of the scene, but really approached in a different way. I just can't help but think, why do the doms get to do that? And this is a whole other topic, but why do doms uh, are allowed to, you know, be completely free and, and eat the word you use as freedom, and then it feels as if subs have to contain and hold it all? I mean, I think this is a bigger discussion, but mm. it's something to think about. Yeah, that, that could be the starting of a new episode, Michael. Mm. So one last point to make, and and I liked thinking afterwards that, again, I was talking about the times I've, I've taken that role of the submissive myself. And what I found is that more and more as I'm engaging in that, I'm being able to break some strong conditioning. So, for example, when I first heard, you're a slut, that was quite painful. I thought, what? That's so mean. Is it true? Joking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's why it was more painful. It hit some some truths. Or if I was crawling around on the floor on my knees, I was really embarrassed when I first started doing that. However, the more I've been doing these things, the more I'm exposing myself to the shame, to the embarrassment, and the more free I'm feeling. So I thought that would be a, a good point to make, and I'm sure it's something others have experienced. And what draws them to the submissive role is that actually, yeah, they get freedoms as well from the way in which the world works, expects us to be. I think that's very true. Part of, I think, what we spoke about in the episode was. I'm allowed to do the things that I feel shameful about in the presence of someone who I see above me or who, who would never do, never do such things. Like the Dom would, no one would ever do, would do such things, uh, especially the Dom. And here I am allowed to do all of that stuff, to be the slut, to be the cocksucker, to be the fag that I, you know, have certain views I am, beliefs that I am. And I'm allowed to completely be that in the, in the presence. So there is a massive freedom. Yeah. This episode is that ultimately both the submissive and the dominant within the forum of erotic humiliation are both finding ways to access freedom. Completely. I love that. I love that a lot. That resonates. So I think that's a good way to end. Well, till next time, everyone. Take care. Great. Until next time, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What happened there? (laughs) All right. Let's start. I'll do it last time. I mean, I'll try one more time. Great. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, great. So until next time, everyone, thanks for listening. Good. (laughs) I'm not going to edit this out. This is great. This is good to end with.